0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to the program. My name is Godfrey Madhubani, um, and welcome to the CliffCentral.com program where we're going to talk about Bitcoin in this moment. And as I said, please, if you go on Twitter, you will see that I have posted a question there to ask you if you have a query to please comment on those tags. So if you have a question, please, uh tag my name, it's at Majibane and tag at cliffcentral dot com so I can pick it up and be able to address it. I have Nico with me in the studio. He's an expert in cryptocurrency. Now as you've seen we have lots of those nowadays. I mean in the first in the I mean in the beginning, the genesis of it, we only had Bitcoin, but nowadays we have altcoin, we have Zeftocoin, we also have we can call it Godfrey Coin if we can. <laughs> you can create a coin if you want. Yeah, definitely yeah. Godfrey. Yeah, but, you man. Know, but otherwise, thank you so much for joining me uh, in the studio. It's a pleasure. It's awesome to be here. It's really cool. Now, would you agree with me that Bitcoin is something that was started? Well, I'm not sure who started it because we don't even know if Satoshi Nakamoto is a real person.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool questions just around that, that comment that you made. Yeah. Some people are, are, are now saying, um, that, that, that the pseudonym is actually or the, the, the person Satoshi Nakamoto could actually be an AI. Yeah. Um, you know, actually not even a citizen. This is from the new uh, robot that was created in Dubai recently. So a lot of people are, you know, linking, linking a few things. I don't know if it's all too true. I think the guy's real. I think he was clever enough not to, not to make himself public. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful story. Why, why can't just people leave it at that? You know, anyway.
1: Yeah. Now we're going to answer a lot of questions today. So I've seen lots of people think that Bitcoin is a coin. That's, you know, this whole uh, Bitcoin trading as well has created lots of confusion because people think it exists in a physical form. So if you have questions also along those lines, please go to Twitter. It's at Madibani, also at Cliff Central. Go there, post your question there, and we'll be able to answer it right here in the studio. Now, many people began to know Bitcoin from Ross Ulbricht. I'm not sure if you remember him. He's the guy that invented Silk Road. It was a narcotics website where he sold any kind of a drug. Yeah. Or any kind of drugs. Oh, he also hired hitmen there. Yeah. Okay. So and he so, took Bitcoin in as an exchange. Uh, as an exchange, well, for, for my, well, he took bitcoins as his form of money.
0: Okay. So, so that's, that assessment of it is a bit hectic because yeah. Ross Ulbricht just, you know, what, what he did, he, he created, um, the, the, the platform, the Salk Road. Um, and it, it, the Silk Road wasn't created for a marketplace for people to, you know, drug traffic and, and hire hitmen. It was created for people to exchange goods and services anonymously and yeah. the way the hell they wanted to do it. Um, so, so, he, 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 was just a creator. Whether he sold, uh, you know, narcotics or anything like that, it's, that's, that's questionable. Hmm. Um, but he, he definitely created that, 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 platform. Also, you know, US dollar and the rands and all those other currencies have also been used to buy drugs and traffic drugs and, and, and high hitman. You know, there's, there's always this, this target on Bitcoin because hmm. it was used in, on, on the Silk Road and it's used for, 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 you know, nefarious activities such as, you know that they'd want to cry virus, and, and people are are pushing ransomware. Yeah, it's 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 got nothing to do with the currency. It's just the currency is the form of of um you know what 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 those particular people want. Just like in the past, they wanted US dollars. It's just a hell of a lot easier for for Bitcoin now because you can't really trace it as as well as you can with US dollars. Hmm. So. I, am all for the freedom of the coin. I'm, I'm all for, 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 the freedom of what people can do with it. Yeah. Um, whether it's drug trafficking or, 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 or you know, donating to charity, as long as it doesn't, you know, um, harm me, people are going to do what they want to do anyway. Um, I think let's just give them that experience so they can get
1: over it and find out that there's more to life, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Now enough about Ross Ulbricht. Can yeah. we go <laughs> cool. concentrate on the coin cool. now? Crypto currency. First, let's start to debunk the word crypto what does it mean
0: okay so it's based on, on on a cryptographic um equation if if you if if you want to call it so i don't know if you ever saw that movie um the enigma or, no. or the enigma or the enigma code i think it was it was about the enigma machine in world war 2 um and and it was based on on cryptography so you could just picture a, A a 32 key padlock and, and, you know, somebody said to you, there's a unique key in that. You've got to find it. And the only real way to find it is if you tried all different combinations. And we're talking billions of, of combinations on a 32 key uh, padlock, you know. Um, that's exactly what, what cryptography is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a really difficult puzzle. Um, that the only way you can solve it, it's not by cracking a short code or anything. You just have to go through all the possible combinations, and that's how that's how um, cryptocurrencies are, are, are built, and that's how they use. They use that that algorithm and that principle um, to secure the coin and to make sure that the coin is stable and and is a real thing, is a is a tangible thing. Uh, well, it's not tangible. A lot of people say that you can't hold the Bitcoin and it's and it's not tangible, but the 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 crypt the the crypto. Um, the cryptographic aspect to it mm. for me makes it more real than than the fiat currency that we currently use now
1: but bitcoin is not backed by anything we don't have but gold
0: reserves for it do we but our money isn't backed by anything either we don't go, we don't have gold reserves for our money either is it yeah you know, since the 70s at least in america um, and, 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 and the rest of the world, but in the 1970s, America removed, um, gold as a, as a backing for its dollar. Yeah. And prior to that in the 19, in 1913, when the, well, 1914, the federal, the formation of the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. That actually, um, said that you could start, you know, kind of, kind of credit those, those, anyway, that's kind of, un- it's related, but
1: unrelated to this topic. <laughs> you know, when I first heard about Bitcoin, I wanted to go mine it myself. Yeah. Cool. And then I downloaded the blockchain software yep. and hoping to get some Bitcoin because I have a blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you will explain to us <laughs> what is a blockchain. Okay. I, I just know that it is a blockchain. Okay. So once I had it, and then I proceeded to go and use it on my system, but then it requires lots of data. That's number one. Yeah. And number two, Bitcoin's worth is so huge. I mean, the only thing I managed to get is a Satoshi, which is the smallest fraction of a bitcoin <laughs> like how does it work can i get a bit can i mine it now or i just have to buy it um look it's going to be a hell of lot easier if
0: you just buy it Um you don't have to buy a full coin you can buy you can buy um like you said satoshi so if anybody doesn't know yeah. um like like rands have got cents um so one one rand 50 cents you, you with, with satoshi with uh, bitcoin they're called satoshis um i think 20 or, or 10 million Satoshi is, is equal to one Bitcoin. So it's, it's divisible by eight times. So you can buy any amounts. You know, there's a lot of people going around thinking that, yeah. Oh no, I don't have a quarter of a million Rand today <laughs> to buy a Bitcoin, but you don't need a quarter of a million Rand. You need any amount of money, um, just to change it or even a goods or, or services. You can, you can mm. exchange services for Bitcoin. Um, in terms of mining, um, yeah, you know, to, to actually mine, there's a, there's a lot of cool software on the internet that's, um, there's even a, a browser. Um, th- or a, bl- a browser plugin that doesn't yeah. really mine Bitcoin; it mines a lot of the altcoins. Yeah. And what that does, it uses um, your your computer's processing power through the browser. And when visitors visit your website, they can also contribute to their power because their computers will now be contributing to the power. Yeah. Which will be ultimately contributing to the power to mine um, um, a, 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 a cryptocurrency. So, uh, on that same note, a, a, a blockchain is just it's just a, a nice way of of um categorizing and, and, and keeping the records of every transaction that happens on a blockchain so yeah. the genesis block included the first um you know bitcoins that satoshi nakamoto the the the, the anonymous inventor yeah. and and i think it was Gavin Anderson the the few the few transactions that they made That was in that first block but that block also had a reward of then 50 bitcoins yeah um okay. but now we, we're at i think block 450,000 i can't remember what block number we are on and these blocks are created every um, you know, five to ten minutes and they used to secure the transactions. So each block has got all the records of that transaction that those transactions that happened in those, um, in, in that period that block was, was, um, in existence. Anyway, it can get a lot more, it can get a lot more complicated than that.
1: But now, um, Nico, so. the value of Bitcoin. Yeah. It has skyrocketed. The last time I checked, it was worth about 600 US dollars. But today mm. we're talking in terms of 10,000 US dollars or has it gone up?
0: I think this morning when I checked it was around about fifteen thousand.
1: Fifteen thousand um, dollars. US dollars. Yeah, so and that we're was about, about and, that, 200K and that's two hundred k. Yeah, it's about, it's
0: about quarter of a million rand. I like saying yeah. that because it sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> two hundred fifty thousand rand. Yeah. Well, look, I think when we spoke about it first, yeah, uh, the price was about six or seven thousand rand. Um, and now, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. And now I can just see now the price is at 16,000 US dollars. Yeah.
1: 16,000 yeah. US dollars. Which
0: is, well, look, um, if you want me to comment on it, I still think it's, <laughs> it's, it's infancy. I, I still, I've, I've been saying for a while to my friends and, um, and family, I've been saying hmm. add another zero to the end of the Bitcoin price because I, I still don't think it's anywhere near where it's going to be. And, and, and I would, and I would, I would extend that to all, to, you know, to a lot of the other, um, coins that are in existence, you know, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin Cash, you know, Litecoin, Dash. You know, a lot of the coins are still. This is still like you know. Imagine if Facebook was <laughs> two months old and you knew about it. Yeah. You know, this is what it feels
1: like with Bitcoin. But what gives Bitcoin value? Is it based on mutual understanding that if I give Nico one Bitcoin, Is going to give me his iPhone X? Is that- <laughs> so it's a. It's a really good.
0: It's a really good question. So I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna try and answer it as personal as possible. Um for me the value is that I can keep this 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 currency on my on my phone. Um the value is that um or, 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 I, I can keep it digitally and I can I can keep sole control of it. You mm-hmm. know I don't have to ask permission for a bank to look after my money. Yeah. Um and if a crisis happens like it, like it um, happened a few years ago in Zimbabwe and in Greece um then then I lose that. I don't that can't happen in Bitcoin. So I value that. I value that it cannot be duplicated like um like you know money can just be printed you know mm-hmm. on these on the on the paper yeah that it's used. you can't just duplicate a bitcoin. there's going to be a limited amount. It's another thing that I love about it. Mm-hmm. um you know uh, fiat currencies are are unlimited you can't there's no cap on the u s dollar it's just how much many future generations are going to pay for that yeah I mean, that's all um and and also the the just the freedom that it allows so I think that's where the value is. I think people are realizing that and they're valuing that more than anything.
1: Sure. I wish I could go to my grandma and tell her how valuable Bitcoin is as a form of exchange. Yeah. But speaking of it having value, is our shops here in South Africa, are they welcoming to Bitcoin? Because I saw there were some shops um, which during the beginning of Bitcoin, they said you can exchange it yeah. for whatever they sell. But at some point they did away with it.
0: Um, no, well, there's there, there's online definitely. There's a there's a massive <clears throat> excuse me. There's a massive growth on on Bitcoin. Yeah, um, Bid or buy has been accepting Bitcoin for a long time. The payment processing um, gateway called PayFast has been accepting Bitcoin as as a way for you to set up a store, and then you can accept Bitcoin through their their, their merchant. They've been doing that for quite a while in South yeah. Africa. Um, you can buy quite a lot of stuff online. The retail market, I haven't seen that much, and I don't really blame the 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 retail the, the physical retail stores, is because they The price is quite volatile. So unless you're buying your 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 stock in Bitcoin, it's gonna be quite tricky to to accept Bitcoin. But there are other currencies that are that are aiming to achieve this. Yeah. Um Dash is one of them. Bitcoin Cash is also another one. So 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 you know, I'm hoping to see more of these um these these signs in my local my favorite shops there.
1: And ever since Bitcoin came up, you see there's a huge spike in other uh, companies that want to make coins as well. Yeah. I was so much interested in the Zifter coin, uh, but I realized it's it's well, well, it, it was beyond my reach at that time. I wanted to mine it, not to buy it. So, how do these coins generate value, and how come that Bitcoin has more value than the rest of all the coins?
0: So, Bitcoin was the first one, right? So yeah. it's always it's always like you know the 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 grand. It's always going to be looked at looked as the as the pioneers, the grandfathers, the innovator, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of coins have been created that are far better than bitcoin um yeah. both both technically and even in a in a in a governance model, but because of the exposure of bitcoin and and the story that 's behind it and, and a lot of i mean it's the market cap is two hundred and sixty um um billion u s dollars it's that's more than south african's g d p mm. so so um you know it 's always going to be that it 's always going to be the big one um Coins are created, I think, out of, out of, um, a representation, a digital representation of, of, a, of an idea or a philosophy. You know? yeah. So I'll give an example. For example, um, on the Silk Road, um, <laughs> just to go back to that, to that, <laughs> to that thing, yeah. there's a coin called Monero and Monero is exactly like a blockchain, but uh, it's, it's exactly like Bitcoin. Um, you know, that it's on a blockchain and it's a cryptocurrency. However, instead of the, the Monero blockchain being, um, public like, like the Bitcoin is, the Monero blockchain is completely private, mm. so you can use this coin having all the qualities of Bitcoin, but nobody will know who who belongs to 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 um, you know who who owns which coin and which wallet. Yeah. So so they they came out with a purpose, and that's their purpose. That coin is being used quite often on the dark web. So you see, cryptocurrencies I think are, are going to be um, tools and assets for um, a service or a purpose. Yeah. Um, uh, and another great example is a company called Storage, where you can. Um, right now you can download a, a piece of software on your computer and um, rent your your extra hard drive space that you're not using wow. for storage tokens and storage tokens've got a rand or a dollar value on the mar- on the market at the moment. I can tell you what it is now but um yeah so these so there's these really cool um you know um you know objects and service or orientated yeah. kind of purpose driven coins you know they 're not just you know random <laughs> coins or, or random assets they 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 they're real um, uh, they're, they're attached to real services. So the storage coin is, um, 83 cents and dollars. So you can rent your hard drive space and you can earn, you know, real, real money right now, decentralized without anybody's permission,
1: yeah. which is great. Okay. Well, I have a question here from you. It's, it's coming for you. It's coming from Twitter. It's from Dory. She says, what about the article saying it's using all the electricity to mine? I think I can answer that. That's fine. <laughs> and is Bitcoin the only one to buy? What about the others? Like, their value as well
0: okay um just on the on the electricity yeah you're percent right it, it's a yeah. it's a real problem one bitcoin miner can power a household i mean that's how much electricity electricity it uses so that's quite insane
1: you mean from the mining um, rig
0: yeah one mining rig uses uses one electricity house one household's electricity in a month yeah. so the mining has become a huge problem this is why um you know the 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 mines most of the mines are being hosted in china because they've got the cheapest electricity. I don't know um, what the solution is. I know that there's there's a lot of um, people, even in my network, that are investing quite a lot in solar energy, uh, solar power. You know, alternative energy. We, there's really like a, a huge push for that because. As the mining becomes more difficult, um, electricity is, is literally a miner's only cost. Yeah. So if they could eradicate that, I mean, then, then, yeah, they'll be, they'll be smiling quite comfortably. So let's just hope there's a real cool solution for that, for the electricity and the energy, um, usage thing. I hope so.
1: And I also got a question again from <coughs> Kelvin Rotwell. He's asking, how do I keep my crypto safe from hackers?
0: Um, that's a it's a good question um there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, software wallets um um those are those are like your, your kind of normal standard wallets that you use yeah um online uh, your jacks wallets so luna.com is quite a popular one in south africa um there's there's also other ways to well for me personally i think the best way to store your wallets in your bitcoin is is offline so a very clever company called trezor in the in the in, in europe they created a uh, a device called the Trezor device. Um, so it's a hardware wallet. It's an external hardware wallet. Um, it works very similar to the. Do you remember the bank keys? They had those encryption keys for businesses that you plugged into your computer and it authenticated the user. It works very, very much similar to that. But it's at least it's something you know physical. People can hold it. It's a little nice little um, hardware um, USB-looking device. Yeah. You can put it in your safe, or you know you can put it in a safety deposit. Um, a safety deposit box or a vault, or something like that, mm. so that 's probably the best possible way you can you can store um, bitcoin um, at the moment and other
1: cryptocurrencies as well mm. now there 's also the security concern around it, like because it, you can 't find it in a bank, you know in a bank money can be traceable. How can I trace? A bitcoin. Is there some form of a ledger or, or? Well, that? the, the, the bitcoin, um, the whole, the whole point of a,
0: of a blockchain is that the ledger is public. So, you know, people say that, you know, you can do nefarious things and you, you know, you won't get caught on bitcoin. No, you can get caught because, um, if your, if your wallet is traced, if yeah. you, know, you, you, I just need one of your wallets and I can pretty much figure out, well, I could pretty much figure out all the transactions that you used connecting to that wallet. Um, because the, 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 general, the public ledger is open. So everybody can see that, which is cool. Um, but, um, so what was the question? I don't remember.
1: Well, uh, the question <laughs> was because yeah, money, physical money is oh. traceable. How about Bitcoin? Is it traceable? Can you? Yes, it's very traceable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can show you a wallet,
0: um, that I opened in 2015 and you can see every single transaction. If I just gave you that first wallet address, mm. you'll be able to record every single transaction that that's, um, system of wallets used and, and everything that I paid or received or anything like that. So it's very very traceable. Um, there's a lot of you know you, you can do a lot of forensic auditing um, on on the blockchain if 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 need be. I've heard you know companies you know businesses uh, so organisations like the FBI and CIA doing such things sometimes with um, one or two people who have been suspected of money laundering and that yeah. kind of stuff in the states.
1: And then lastly, um, uh, uh, on Bitcoin, the value. Is it still going to rise, or at some point is it going to fall? Look, so we have to look at
0: the look at the numbers of of of, of Bitcoin, look where it is, and, and and look at it compared to to everything else. Yeah, we have to understand that this has never happened before. We've never been down the shore. This is an impossible question to ask. Um, so we can only look at the history and and what's happened, and what we can expect. Yeah, Bitcoin is is has is, is been. Um, the first kind of alternative option to money and cryptocurrency. I mean, I'll say the whole industry as a, as a whole, it's 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 kind of like the information freedom, the, the the freedom of information that we got on the internet. Yeah, where and cryptocurrencies is is kind of like the freedom of, like a store of value and a, a method of exchange and all of that. We've never had an an, alterio, an alternative option. Yeah, than like rands and dollars. This is the first time in a hundred years. So. I hope it it goes to to the moon in terms of the numbers there 's less than one percent of Americans using it, so there 's less than three million people just in america japan it 's widely adopted hmm. um, america 's numbers are going to come in in the new year um, I think listen, I, I really do believe it 's going to go into the hundreds and thousands of dollars well, I hope um, sooner so than we think
1: but it this is also in Caution with the banks because I know sooner or later the banks will want to get their hands on it because you know they can't control it and it's money. So we'll find out. Please keep your questions coming on Twitter it's at Madibani and also on Facebook it's Godfrey Madibani. I'm with Nico Kosairis, he's an expert and a fanatic of cryptocurrency. This is Cliff Central. You're still here on CliffCentral.com with me, Gottfried Madubani, and I do have uh, Nick Kokoschiris with me in the studio, and. Just shortly, we are joined by Mr. Nick Saunders. He's the Internet Security Specialist uh, for MimeCast. Uh, Mr. Nick, thank you so much for taking your time to come join us here at cliffcentral.com.
2: Thanks very much for having us.
1: Now, um, we are going to discuss Internet Security for this festive season. Now, the burning question I have from my, uh, from my side is, um, if your browser asks you for your, to save your password on it, do you agree, or
2: what do you do? So I guess that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's answers yes or no for both sides. Because
1: sometimes, you know, if your laptop can get lost and then someone is able to access your saved password, what are you going to do then? Oh, it, I, I don't know. What, what, what's your take on it?
2: Yeah, 100%. So I think my, our recommendation, and I think any sp- specialist would say, you, yeah. know, you shouldn't save it because the reality is if your laptop does get stolen, then you pretty much make your, your, all your accounts open to that particular person who's taking your laptop. What can you do if that does happen? You know, if you have saved the password and it's already locked into your machine, yeah. you know, what I would recommend is that as soon as you've, you know, that you've noticed that it's been stolen, go into that account, log in via another machine, change the password as quickly as you can. Mm. But I think the best way to go is, is use a password manager, right? So, you know, in a world where everything is online and you yeah. have hundreds of accounts, yeah I think use a password manager to make it easier uh, and ensure that that password manager's you know core password is is a really strong one yeah, yeah because the last thing you want to do is make it simple like yeah you know, everybody uses the word password <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do that
1: so when we talk about a strong password, is it uppercase lowercase um, uh, special character et yeah
2: hundred percent so you know, again you know, try to make it as difficult as possible because yeah. even if you use the word password and replace the a with an at symbol that's still a really simple password, right? So nice. you've got to make it as complex as possible. What yeah. about
0: um, pass phrase? I mean, I've been hearing this a lot. Isn't that a lot better? Isn't that an upgrade of a password? Or is it yeah. a little bit too difficult for people to remember?
2: Well, you know, that's the thing, right? And in fact, a pass phrase is probably simpler to to remember yeah. than than a password, simply because people remember things. So make it a, a funny phrase that you yeah, part of everyday life. And then in that passphrase, put in the, the relevant characters that make it a little bit harder to understand.
1: Yeah. You know, I've also also got a question uh, that came a lot frequently um, to me. People were asking, what are cookies? I know this sounds simple, but people don't know what
2: are cookies
1: yeah. for as well.
2: So cookies are an interesting thing. Uh, they're really designed to make it easier for the people you yeah. know, whose website you, you're busy looking at to track what are you doing, where are you going, and where have you been. Yeah. So uh, there's a big debate on whether cookies should be allowed or not. You know, I think they certainly make it easier. I mean, we use cookies every single day. When you go to a, a, a website, it yeah. really knows that you've been there before. It has some basic information. In some ways, it makes it easier for you yeah. because it pre-populates information. It shows you you know, you know, relevant information that you may want. The challenge that a lot of people feel is that it's potentially an invasion of privacy because, you know, that particular website is now saving yeah. your information. Uh, and, in fact, if you go anywhere in, into a European website, by law, you have to – there's a, a statement that pops up saying we are monitoring you via the use of cookies. Do you accept? Do you not? Mm. Um, because, you know, legally it's it's, uh, you know, it's the question around am, are you invading my privacy? And you as the individual needs to decide should I allow that website to track my activities or not.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, lately you have companies which are offering uh, consumers to uh, – to, they're offering them clouds uh, if you want to save your documents or your passwords and stuff. But I'm not too sure if clouds are safe as well because it's online. Um, and if someone really wants to hack in it, can they hack a cloud or maybe the best place to store your information is offline?
2: So again, I get, it's it's the same question as we faced when you know the banks first came out. Right? Yeah. Do I keep my money under the mattress? Do I store it with the bank? Mm. Yeah, which is and, and the perception back then was no, under the mattress is probably safer, <laughs> right? And we all know that the banks are probably a lot safer than we do because they have a lot more money to build out security. They're a lot more robust. So I think in the world of cloud, yes, everything is now moving to the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably utilize over fifty different cloud services mm. for documents, and you know, I use mm. internet banking. I do online shopping. So, I would say you know in the cloud, because those cloud vendors are so sensitive about security they 're so worried yeah. that something could go wrong that they build out their security to a much greater degree than you could ever do right so in my opinion, certainly, I think the cloud is the way forward, uh, and I think it's relying on those vendors to keep it secure yeah. not only do they have to maintain certain compliance standards they they need to build out security that 's incredibly robust. And the reality is they have a lot more money to do it, so you know, I think we can trust the cloud, but you know, always be careful, always be aware. are you on the right cloud website that you 're expecting to be
1: but when you 're online, can you ever be safe um, i mean there, there was a few i mean a few weeks ago, there was a moment when there was a company that hacked uh, another company or leaked i 'm not sure what happened there, but there was a massive data breach where some of us our email addresses were leaked into it i there was a website also that was created for us if you want to check if you are part of the leak if your information has been leaked you just go in there and punch in your email address so when such things happen when there's a huge data leak what would you
2: advise a person to do so I think the first starting point is yeah, certainly make use of that website to check have you in fact been hacked. Yeah. The second thing is certainly go and change all of the passwords. Right. Ideally, if you're using a password manager, that's a really simple thing to do because the password manager will automatically generate new passwords for you, mm. and really all you have to do is manage one password. I you know, I think when you are become aware of a data breach, right, make sure that you can go in, change the passwords, update the details. Uh, and if you do notice any sort of suspicious activity, certainly report it to that particular website yeah. because they can help support you and know, hopefully, if if necessary, recovering some of your information. But I think your starting point is, is resetting your password.
1: Now, I remember on Black Friday, there was a huge uh, skepticism on one side of people saying they're not going to shop online because they don't know how it works and they're afraid of uh, sharing their uh, bank information which could compromise their money. And then some were pro-buying online. But since this is growing, you also have people who prey on those who want to do shopping online.
2: Uh, is, it, is there a way for a person to be safe when they are shopping? Yeah, I guess it's it's the same as going to a physical shopping mall, right? So you, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily go to a shopping mall, not lock your car. You wouldn't necessarily put leave your cell phone on the counter or your credit cards or anything just lying around, right? You you naturally look after your, your physical security. I think the same thing applies online. Yeah. Make sure that you're on the right website. Right? A simple way to do that is, you know, is it an HTTPS site or a secure website? If it isn't, it probably isn't the legitimate website. Uh, you know. So if you're going onto a website that you know, pretends to be an online retailer that you're very comfortable with, yes. make sure that the address is correct. Use the, the secure links only. Rather, type in the physical link rather than clicking on a link from an email, as an example. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people make the mistake is, They get an email arriving in their inbox that looks like the online retailer that's, you know, promising these amazing specials. They click on the link, it takes them to a site that looks the same and it Mm. isn't. So I think, you know, people can be safe, but be careful, right? Don't just enter your credit card details, you know, without thinking about it. Think before you click on any links, right? And and unfortunately, most people get compromised via an email that pretends to be legitimate. Mm. So I think if people, you know, when they get that amazing special, I always say if the special is that amazing, you, you kind of have to question, is it really that good? <laughs> Rather, go to the website directly you know, and, and have a look. And I think that's the best way to, to to protect people.
1: Yeah, and I see because that's how they get most of us. They tell you that they they have a 60% clearance sale. And then you go there. We need to find out. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not there. Now, um, I am taking your questions here. If you, want, if you have a question for Nick, all you have to do, go on Twitter and tweet to Atmajibane, and he'll be able to answer your question and also uh, mr nico is still with us here in the studio i have a question which surprisingly comes from my dad he's asking if cryptocurrency is the way forward are we going to see a lot of government interference if if in the near future and what about tax matters regarding it
0: sure um I'm not a tax expert or anything like that, and and, I, and I'm not going to guess what's going to happen with with um, you know government regulation. I, I can only look at what's happened. So, Bitcoin and and cryptocurrency is based on peer-to-peer technology. If you have to, if you have to root, if you have to go back into the history of that, you know, it was made famous by Napster, who who you know they they created that platform so you and I could share. Music on our individual computers. Yeah, that's exactly. It's the same principle as cryptocurrency. So there's no need for a third party. There's no need for intermediaries. So the question is, how are they going to regulate it and how are they going to control it? Because I remember getting those, those, um, those videos, um, those the snippets of downloading music, and you wouldn't steal a car, you know. Remember those ads? But people are still downloading music and movies, yeah, and uh, and series um, at a, at a more rapid rate than anything else. So. I, I can only look at that And think that they can't stop it You know This is just something That's going to happen The the best way to control Bitcoin is if you You know Control the electricity On the planet And if you control The internet in the planet But I mean Even if you control The internet We'll find another way I mean there's always There's always another way So I, I don't know about Government regulation I don't know how It's going to pan out um, especially with other with other currencies, if if there were to be a regulated coin, it'll probably be, be Bitcoin. Yeah. But um, you know, there'll be other ones that can that can be in the un- unregulated space. So it's interesting.
1: You know, nowadays there is no way for a person to click a few pages and not come across a pop up that offers you bitcoins or bitcoin sales. You know, I wish I had the voice recorder. I mean, the voice recorded of that guy who just p- comes out of a, a private jet and Tells you all about making money online via Bitcoin. I'm sure you know of him, yeah. but now the safety around that, um, Nick. Um, so far in your experience, have you had people who have fallen scam? Um, um, I mean, fallen victim to this recent scams? If they are scams, I'm not sure if it's legitimate.
2: Yeah, I think. As with anything there 's always going to be scams, mm-hmm. and I think people clicking on random links or pop ups that appear that promise the world again for me is if it looks that good, it probably isn't yeah uh, you know so I think when people when they get an email that promises the world and, and they 're not expecting it, you know think about where's that link going to take you um, if you see a pop up on a website that is taking you to a different location to a different website, yeah. again, think about you know is is that really legitimate? You know I think if you see something that looks really good rather go and research it on the internet. Yeah. Right some of those scams look really good. I mean they they, they look completely legitimate. Mm. I you know my recommendation would be certainly if you see something like that just go and type in whatever it's just whatever it's promising into a Google search. Very quickly you'll find that people will say hey this is a scam, you know even if it looks absolutely amazing, right? At some point in time unfortunately somebody has been been hurt by the scam mm. and that information is freely available. So if something, if you get a pop up or there's an email that you're not sure about, just go and type it into Google. Right? You'll, you'll get the answer really quickly as, as whether that's legitimate or not.
0: Um, can I also extend that that security or public announcement because there's a lot of ICOs. So if you don't know what an ICO is, it's an initial coin offering. So this is how, how a lot of cryptocurrencies are, are being uh, created and also they're being used to 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 crowd you know like a Kickstarter but using an asset. But there's a lot of guys jumping on this just you know as everything else and there's a scam behind them to do exactly the same thing. What I do is just do a simple Google search. I'll, I'll uh, you know check in other forums. The chances of you being the first person to be taken for a ride are highly unlikely. Um, and if you are, you better write about it so nobody else can get taken for a ride. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But um, but just do a Google search if you're unsure about anything and you know, just be confident in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now also, people who are not uh, Internet-savvy, um, they turn sometimes to want to save. In fact, they only turn to use one password for every other social media uh, apps they use, or any other thing. Even their email, you'll find they have the password which, which is the same as their um, other social media network platforms. Is that advisable to have the same password on all the platforms?
2: Uh, definitely not. Yeah, I, I understand the attraction, you know, especially when you're using so many of these different platforms. Yeah. You're trying to remember every single one is virtually impossible. Yeah, I, again, my recommendation would be use use a password manager. Yeah, and and it's, the reason is simple: is that if you have one password for everything, mm. it's one lock to unpack. So the reality is that once that one lock is unpacked, you yeah. you pretty much giving the keys to the castle. So everybody will now have ac- well, that person will have access to all of your accounts. All of your information and they may leverage it in ways that you may not even realize. You know, they may not use it immediately. They may use it later on or they may sell you information. So you know, definitely the recommendation is if you do, if you use multiple, you know, multiple platforms, use a password manager that makes it easier for you to remember one password yeah. that is secure. And then that password manager will manage the rest of the passwords for you.
1: Is the password manager a program
2: as well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's a number of them on the internet. Mm you know so and they they pretty much force you to use a very complex password so yeah the trick is you, you have to remember that very you know so don't don't type it out and stick it up under your your table or, or something <laughs> like or put it on your phone yeah you know make sure that that password is, is you know that's where the pass phrase becomes you know mm. even even easier because then you can remember the phrase and then you can manage. It's an online application. Some of them are browser-linked, so you can go in and, and manage the different applications. You can, uh, and as I said earlier, when you want to update those passwords, mm. you can do it at a touch of a button rather than having to go to every single site. I mean, I can't even remember all the sites that I've ever logged into and created accounts. I'm sure I've got plenty of, of random accounts somewhere out in the Internet. Yeah. And, and that's another point to consider, right? So you, we put in our information into the websites you know, all the time. Mm. Yeah. You know, we can't remember everything there's this website if you go look on Google there's sites that will actually go and check using your email address they'll mm. go and troll the internet and find all the different websites where you've either logged in before you've right. created an account and it's probably good to do that you know quite regularly mm. you know, because you, know, you never know you might be surfing the internet at, at all hours in the morning and forget you actually logged into that account because you wanted to download a document or a video file or, or a music file mm. and then you completely forgot about it but you know that account lives somewhere And somebody might use it to get access to some of your other information.
1: Hmm. Now, the use of URLs, how can one know if this is a safe URL that's going to take me to the website I want to go to? And what are the things they need to look out for if
2: they're entering a URL? Yeah, so that's a great question. Yeah, I think... In the ideal world, you know everybody would know exactly what to look for in a URL. But you know some of these URLs are so long, you know people, and sometimes they're created that way to make it really hard to try and evaluate every single piece. Yeah, they are what we, you know, if you go and look on the internet, there's things called URL checkers, you know, that will, you know, you input the URL and that website will go and find uh, what the end result is, and it'll tell you, hey, this is downloading ransomware or it's a legitimate website. Um, so if you go and look for URL checkers or you, uh, it'll actually give you that information. But I think the important thing is also if you get a URL in an email, that's probably one of the easiest ways for somebody to compromise you. Mm. So using a spear phishing email with a link in it, if you go and click on that link, it may appear to do nothing. It may appear to take you to a legitimate website. But in the background, Mm. it may be downloading ransomware. It may be harvesting your your credentials. So again, if you're getting a URL in an email, rather go and type that URL in yourself in the browser. If you, if you're expecting it, you know, let's say it's a take a lot URL. Yeah. Right. Rather go to take a lot directly than just trusting the, the, the <laughs> link itself.
1: Now, you spoke so, oh, about something that's very interesting. You spoke about, um, um, if you can just rephrase what you've just mentioned, uh,
2: the URL checkers. No, no, no. Before that, uh, speaking about the, uh, the spear phishing. Yes, spear phishing, because
1: I, I see even when you go on your banking, uh, app, or even online, it tells you about that. If you can just elaborate for us, uh, how does that work and what does one need to do if they are suspecting something suspicious?
2: Okay, so you know, essentially a phishing email is an email that comes from somebody that pretends to be somebody else. Yeah. So let's say it pretends to be your bank uh, and it says, hey, we need you to update your details because, mm. you know, for whatever reason, FICA or whatever it is. Uh, and the the whole uh, purpose behind that email is to either gain access to your credentials, like your login details, your banking password, etc., or it's asking you to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. So a phishing email is is really just an email that pretends to be something it isn't. Uh, a spear phishing email is a very targeted form of phishing where it's looking for a specific request, like I need you to go and do this thing for me, or I need you to click on this link. Yeah. So often these types of emails contain compromised URLs that'll take you to illegitimate, illegitimate websites. They'll download ransomware. Um, and the and more sophisticated types of phishing emails, you know, are called what we call impersonation attacks, where they pretend to be somebody you know. Yeah. It could be your boss. It could be a colleague. It could be a friend. Uh, and often there's nothing in the email that's that's malicious. It's a text email that's saying, "Hey, I need you to pay- make a payment for me," or mm. "I need you to send me some sensitive documents." And because you, you know, it looks like your boss, you're probably going to respond to that. So I think people need to be, you know, if they are getting those types of emails, really think about would that person ask me that question? If there's a compromised attachment or a compromised URL in there, again, think about, am I expecting this? And if I'm not, again, as I said, type it into the browser. Often end-user awareness is is the biggest component of any security strategy.
1: But I'm sure now people have graduated from those emails where you find a person says, I am uh, Godfrey from Malawi, I'm trapped in a war-torn country, Please give me your bank account. I need to send you money. Does that still work? Like, do people still yeah, fall for that?
2: Unfortunately, I'm they not,
1: do. I'm not saying it in a mocking way, but do, do people still fall for that?
2: So, Believe it or not, yeah. you know, a lot of these hackers are reverting to old ways of doing things. You know, so your traditional spam, your traditional scams, uh, because you know, the security systems have become sophisticated, and people mm-hmm. have almost forgotten about those types of scams. So unfortunately, you still see those things coming through, and unfortunately, people do still fall for them. And also, how do, how do these people
1: get your... Um, your email address, because they also pop in on an on a work email. How how are they able to do this?
2: Yeah, I guess there's there's a variety of ways that they could access that. Uh, it could be part of a hacked database. Um, they could just be trawling the internet. Mm. The reality is, we make it really easy for them. If you think about it, your your Facebook profile, your LinkedIn profile, Twitter, all of your social media accounts probably have an email address associated with it, uh, and we make that information public knowledge. So these people have become so sophisticated that they will go and troll the internet. They'll go do research on you so mm. they know who you are, what are you doing, where do you come from, how do you even speak? So they'll go and look at your your Twitter posts and your Facebook posts to understand the language. right? So that, uh, in, in many cases in an online world, we make it really easy for these types of people. Mm. Um, uh, you know, again, there's a variety of different ways that they could get access to those email addresses. As simple as I'm going to go look on the website and I say, okay, you know, there's Nick Saunders on, on that particular website. I'm going to try it a couple of, of, of variants. I'm mm. going to try in Saunders, Nick Saunders, Nicholas.Saunders, until they find something that works, and then they'll continue to mine that particular mm. new angle.
1: And also, as a word of advice from me, I'm sure you would agree, a person should not go to the Internet Cafe and save their password on the browser if the browser asks them to do so.
2: Yeah, definitely not. So if you're in a public space, if yes. you're using a public machine, yeah. never save the password. In fact, what you should do is if you are logging into a website that requires your credentials, yeah, Firstly, don't save the password. Secondly, clear the browsing history. Right, it's really simple to do. It Doesn't matter what the browser is. It's yeah. you know, usually it's one or two clicks, and you can clear the browser history, and then close the browser itself. Mm. Right, because again, if you leave the browser open, somebody can push the back button, and you know, not always, but sometimes they can access your information. So, if you're using public, you know, public Wi-Fi, public yeah. internet. Yeah, just really don't save any of those passwords or any of the sensitive information
1: right i also have a confession to make i've been experimenting with um a brute force software to crack a pdf uh, password protected document it didn't work but that's good uh, to know (laughs) 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 yeah but yeah well i was just just passing it that uh, just well as a way of conversation but obviously do brute Attacks still work today. Do people still use those?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think it, you know, it comes back to the point where, you know, password is still the number one password used globally, right? So when, uh, you know, people use brute force attacks, they will start with really generic passwords like that. Uh, You know, so invariably those things work. And when anything works, then, uh, you know, people will continue to use it until it stops working, right? Again, you know, the, the traditional spam approach, yeah. it stopped working for a while, and we're starting to see a resurgence of traditional spam because people have forgotten about it, and now they're getting caught by it. So, you know, in a world where that information is freely available, you know, I think people need to be really careful about using basic passwords.
1: Mm. Right, uh, Nick Saunders. thank you so much, sir, for joining us here in the studio. And also, uh, lastly, uh, uh, um. Nico, <laughs> Nico, sorry. you both have the same, yeah. <laughs> almost the same name. Nico, the future of cryptocurrency. What are we going to see in the next few days or in the next few years?
0: I think um, it, it'll be as, as widely adopted as the internet is now. I think if the, the last kind of internet technology revolution we've had before this was the internet, yeah. and if it was anything like the internet, we're in for a hell of a ride. So um, I think definitely invest in the technology and blockchain technology. Invest in the in the assets that, res- that <clears throat> resonate with you. Yeah. Don't be chasing money; just you know, chase stuff that, that that resonates with you, and you'll be fine.
1: And then lastly, there are apps available on Google Play and on iStore where you can download a Bitcoin wallet and exchange Bitcoin with someone who also has a wallet. Yes. Just briefly, uh, can you give us a lowdown on how that works? It's just like a normal, it's like your, your, your normal bank,
0: um, app, you know, so you'll, you'll have your, your Bitcoin balance in there and then you'll be able to send it to another wallet and you get, you'll get your wallet address from the person you're sending to. They can WhatsApp to you or show you their little QR code. And most of the apps, you know, ex- explain a lot of these things. So you yeah. don't have to worry. You don't have to stress too much. And okay. Google, Google is your friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And for me, uh, um, I look forward to the, t- to the day when shops will be beginning to take Bitcoins. So definitely. Right? That yeah, would be definitely. so nice. Yeah. until the banks get their hands on it too. <laughs> but otherwise, uh ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for tuning into the program. It's been a lovely uh, lovely one hour and till we meet next time, it's still cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.